Welcome to the Making Artists podcast, where artists learn how to stop starving, struggling, and aspiring, and instead, start making. You don't need a fine arts degree, a trust fund, or a more supportive family to be a successful artist. You just need to let your creativity lead you all the way to the top. I am fellow artist and professional certified coach, Nancy Sun, and I teach artists just like you how to make art, money, and an impact without giving up or burning out. Listen to learn how. Hey artists, how's life? When this episode drops, we will be in October and here in New York City, it will be peak spooky season. (laughs) And as an adult, I have not really celebrated Halloween in a while, but I am already so excited to be celebrating it this year. It will be my son's first Halloween, and we just got him his first Halloween costume. I should say costumes, because my husband, my son, and I are making it a themed family affair and are dressing up together. I am keeping it a surprise for now, but if you want the reveal, you can catch us on Instagram at my Instagram handle at the Nancy Sun. The link will be in the show notes. I will definitely share our Halloween on IG stories and depending on the photography skills of my husband, hopefully there will be a post too. And it being spooky season sets the best stage for today's episode where we will be discussing fear. However, unlike last week's emotional perfectionism episode, we will be talking about fear as fuel. So what do I mean by that? Well, specifically, I'm going to talk about the ways using fear as fuel can sabotage you, like sugar in your tank, if we're just going to continue that metaphor, which I just learned is a bad thing. And I'm talking about fear as quote unquote fuel today because there are so many artists who only know how to motivate themselves with fear. And they come to me for coaching because them using fear as motivation on themselves isn't working anymore. And sometimes their brain solution is to hire me in hopes that I can now scare them sufficiently into doing what they already want to do. This is something, for instance, that I have first noticed in my consults. So for those who don't know, I have consults with artists who are interested in working together. They're either interested in joining the Making Artists Mastermind or in hiring me for one-on-one coaching. And a consult is a one-on-one conversation to give us both data on whether or not we are a good fit to work together. And in this conversation, I usually ask them, why coaching? Why coaching with me and what has worked for them in the past with a coach or with someone else? And the artists who use fear as fuel will tell me that they want coaching for accountability 
what works for them is getting coached hard and they want someone who will yell at them and grill them about why they didn't do the thing they said that they were going to do. Now, I love a self-aware human who knows that having external accountability like a human, a deadline, or a standing coaching appointment works for them. But here is the red flag. On the call, they will defend their limiting beliefs and they will want me as their coach to agree with them. And then they tell me the reason why they want to achieve their goal is to prove this limiting belief wrong. Instead of thinking, this belief is already wrong right now. They're afraid that if they don't think that they're the biggest piece of poop at the center of the universe right now, that they will lose all desire to go after their dream. So for instance, a common fear-motivating belief artists think and want me to keep for them is the belief I'm behind. It could be, I don't have a book deal I'm behind. I don't have representation with a gallery, an agent, or a manager I'm behind. I don't have a TV or film credit to my name I'm behind. And they want me to be their coach to get them to successfully hurry up, hurry up so much and so fast that they will get that book deal, that representation, that TV and film credit. And only when they get these things, they will allow themselves to consider maybe letting go of the I'm behind thought. Though knowing them, one, I don't know if they will ever hit that goalpost or they will simply move the goalpost and keep the thought that I'm behind. And artists, the reason why I even have these conversations with these people is because they don't have what they want yet. Another way fear as fuel shows up in my consults is when the artist I'm speaking with is burnt out and ready to give up. This exhausted state is actually a totally normal consequence of keeping limiting beliefs like I'm behind because then you rush, you work hard, you keep busy to escape or disprove that thought instead of simply working effectively towards your goal. I tell my clients, this is like getting a bear to chase you as motivation to run a marathon. So in this metaphor, your goal is like running 26.2 miles, which is the length of a marathon. And you think that if I believe this is a matter of life and death, I will run the entire length of this marathon super duper fast. So you hire a bear to make the marathon a matter of life or death. But when you hire a bear to chase you, you both probably don't run linearly. And you will also be more focused looking behind you at the bear rather than in front of you towards your goal. And your sympathetic nervous system, so this 
nervous system that is responsible for your stress response gets activated, so you are likely to be in a fight, flight, or freeze mode. And while you hope that your response is flight in the opposite direction as fast as you can towards your goal of running 26.2 miles, that's not always the response that your body chooses. (laughs) Your body might be like, hey, why are we running 26.2 miles anyway? And, you know, if we give up on this marathon, this bear won't chase us anymore. So you might actually fly or flee by quitting this goal entirely, which my hunch is not what you actually wanted to get from keeping this fear-inducing limiting belief. Now, I want to normalize for you that in the year 2022, it's normal that artists like you think you need fear as motivation or to just equate all motivation as fear-based. In fact, a lot of my clients on these consults will often have like have their brains melted when I have them consider there are other forms of motivation other than fear. And the reason why it might be completely normal is because If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a human in a westernized nation with an economy that is influenced by capitalism, if not Wally capitalist, like me based in the United States. So capitalism uses a lot of fear-based motivation because for this type of economy to function, society needs the majority of humans to show up to work consistently reliably, and a lot. And that means business owners pay their workers just enough to survive, but not enough for them to have abundance, to leave their boss, or even worse, start competing with their boss. So capitalism thrives, ironically. It succeeds by using fear as motivation on workers, When businesses keep its workers afraid of losing their job, their income, their retirement benefits, their health benefits, workers will then show up to work reliably, consistently, and perhaps even more than they need to. Capitalism creates workers that don't take their vacation days even when they're unlimited that don't take their sick leave, their parental leave, and instead creates workers that work overtime and even play the game of moving up the ladder to prevent being poor by getting rich. So in this economy, it is unsurprising now that you're sold on being afraid as the best, only, and greatest form of motivation even as an artist. It's unsurprising if you forget that you can run a marathon without the motivation of being chased by a bear. So what's possible when you try to run 
26.2 miles without being chased by a bear as your only motivation? Well, we know that you might actually train to run a marathon and run that marathon differently that you don't have access to when you are being chased by a bear. So I don't know a ton about running marathons. I've trained for it once, so I will just go by my plan of training and how I ran a marathon differently because I didn't just roll out of bed, hit the starting line, and uh, think of something scary behind me, which was I trained for several weeks leading up to the New York City Marathon date. I would have short runs on the weekdays. Short is relative, right? So it's short compared to 26.2 miles. I would have long runs on the weekends. I would allow myself rest breaks. There would be days that I didn't run. I would participate in races and learn to have good shoes and I would learn to give myself like at the time this may no longer be the rage but there was like this sugary goo fuel that you would use in addition to water to hydrate and nourish yourself on a run and you would do things like get good shoes get good clothes carbo load the day before you would take exquisite care of yourself as a marathoner, that it's not possible when you're just in a fight, flight, or freeze stress response. In this version of running a marathon, there's also the possibility of you actually enjoying the marathon. You might actually enjoy training, enjoy resting, Enjoy going on long training runs. Enjoy the marathon itself. And because you actually enjoy the marathon itself, that might intrinsically motivate you to run more marathons. Whereas if you needed fear as motivation, should you even succeed at the 26.2 mile race, you might be like, that was exhausting. My adrenal glands were firing the whole time. I have cramps in my leg now. I don't wanna do this anymore. So I just wanna offer that you can have access to other forms of motivation, of inspiration, and they might actually serve you better, longer, and possibly be even more effective than using fear as motivation. Now, you might be thinking that that's a great metaphor, but how does this apply to real life? Are there people out there who actually let go of fear as motivation, and do they actually experience the kind of success that I want? And the answer is, Yes. So for example, I have a client who used to use fear as motivation. He works as a freelance copywriter and is a journalist in the food, drink, and hospitality space. 
And before we even started working together, he was making the average freelance writing salary of, I want to say, in the mid five figures. Now, I want to acknowledge that making a living as a freelance writer itself is no small feat. But he came to me because he was overworking, under earning, and 100% burnt out. The gigs that he was getting were low paying. And because of that, he needed a bunch of them to make his mid five figure salary. And then on top of that, he was spending a lot of time really anxious, in fear, stressed out, frustrated. And those emotions were creating an incredibly slow and miserable writing process. So what now takes him, let's say, two and a half hours to do, it might take him all day to do. So he was finding himself under pressure and behind the eight ball in terms of meeting deadlines. I don't even know if I'm using that expression correctly, but what I mean is he was not meeting his writing deadlines. And this was from the thought that I am behind. I am late. It's too late. I'm too far gone, which were all thoughts that probably served him at some point in time to keep and to use to motivate him. He was hoping that what these thoughts would create is an opportunity for him to defend himself, to prove those thoughts wrong by hurrying up, by hustling, by getting things under in under the wire. But when you work this way, you are not considering that your body may react to this stress response with a different choice. You cannot always choose if you're going to fight, flee, or freeze. And what he was discovering was what used to work for him, defending himself against these negative thoughts that he was behind by trying to get things under the wire, was no longer serving him. He actually found that he was freezing. He was spending a lot of time that he should have been writing, just doing other things to mitigate the emotional experience. When he could have just removed the thought and then thereby removing the emotional roller coaster and then creating a different experience of him writing, whether it be for his clients or for himself. And that's what we ended up working together on was, hey, what happens when you let go of fear as motivation? What else could be motivating? And when you remove fear as motivation and you are out of your stress response, what systems and processes and strategies can you now apply because you are not spinning in panic mode? So one, we learned that what motivates can sometimes just be, let's see how efficient, effective, pleasurable meeting deadlines can be. So we took the focus away from the problem 
and onto the solution. And then we had a lot of fun just tweaking and iterating on the solution. So what are ways that we can gamify, right? How many words we're writing and how can we make these systems and processes more efficient? And what I mean by that, that's like a lot of like corporate speak, but really like how can we learn to work with our natural cycles and rhythms when we are motivated to write as opposed to manufacture stress and scary conditions as the only writing motivation. And this can have an impact on your financial ability to thrive on your money bottom line. So when you need fear as motivation, you will probably end up taking a lot of low, more low paying gigs. And you probably won't ask for a raise or you probably won't raise your rates because you're afraid of losing any or all of the income when a client says no, as opposed to playing a bigger game for, hey, how can we create more money so that we can work less so we can have the life that we always want. So I worked with this person on raising their rates with their highest volume and I believe actually best paying client so that they could create 30% more income by doing the same amount of work. So fast forward, uh, we let go of the I'm behind I'm too far gone, it's too late for me, dialogue. And now this person has like a life that even I am jealous of. They are now making over six figures and they're making six figures faster and faster. Whereas last year, they probably hit that milestone in December Right now, we are at the end of September, and they've already exceeded that six-figure mark. And they're not doing it from a place of hustle, from overworking. They've actually taken vacation this year, vacation without their laptop. Or it's vacation with their laptop, but they're actually working on their fun writing projects, the things that they always wished they could be writing, their bucket list so that they're actually noodling on the book proposal they've always wanted to get out there, journalism articles that they've always wanted to write, regularly publishing their newsletter whenever the impulse strikes because now there's room for that impulse. And they're taking exquisite care of themselves because they now have the financial means and actually have the time. They have... I would call like an entourage or a squad where like you have someone who's supporting you emotionally. So a therapist, someone who's supporting you, your physical well-being. So a trainer, someone who's helping you take care of your house. So a house cleaner. And these are all resources that they would not give themselves permission to invest in had they stayed in a fear as motivation state that would might have them hoard money and also still be depleting their personal individual 
time, money, energy. So I just am giving this to you so you know what's possible for yourself. You know that you too can have access to this life with your creative skills just by swiping left on needing to believe that something bad about yourself in order to motivate yourself and prove yourself wrong. And if you think, well, that's great for this person, but that won't work for me. What if I am the terminally unique person for whom only fear works? I want to invite you to consider that that's not true. So these days, I look at my son and I look at how he's learning and how he's developing new skills and how he is going from learning how to lift his head to learning how to lift his body. And now he's in a stage where he's actually crawling. He's army crawling and jury's out on whether or not he's going to crawl on all fours or just skip that stage entirely as he's practicing standing and learning how to walk very soon. And I share this because that is a process of learning how to do things differently then you've always done them. So prior to this, he's always been carried everywhere. And he didn't think, oh, I need to look at adult humans or look at older humans, see that they're walking, and then be scared that I'm going to be left behind as motivation to bust my butt and start going through all the levels that would have me walk. He was intrinsically motivated. He just let himself play. And through play, he actually learned an important skill. And he kept on just building that important skill through play until he got his lifting head badge, until he got his lifting his body badge, until he got his I'm army crawling badge. So I want to invite you to access the wisdom of your inner baby who learned through play, through joy, through curiosity, and chose to pursue goals and dreams from that place as opposed to a place of making your current circumstances wrong and making yourself wrong and needing to run away from your present conditions and toward something else. Fear as motivation is optional. There's probably going to be plenty of things to be afraid of on the journey to getting what you want. You don't need to invent another circumstance or another story before you've even begun. Start pursuing your dreams from a belief of, I can do this and see what happens next instead of from a place of, I can't do this and then having to fight, engage, defend, manage your disbelief. Suspend it instead. All right, so that's everything I have to say today about fear, letting go of fear as fuel. And if you like what you heard, I encourage you to share this with another fellow artist.
You can do so by rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you are listening to your podcast so that other artists can find this episode as well. Or just share it in your personal life because if a rising tide lifts all boats, why don't you contribute to that rising tide? All right, until next time, hope you have a very spooky season, but not creating any additional spooks for yourself. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Making Artists podcast. Ready to start making art, making money, and making an impact? Visit makingartistspodcast.com. That's www.makingartists, plural with an S, podcast.com. Link available in the show notes. You can also stay in touch with me on Instagram. Just follow at the Nancy Sun on IG. I so look forward to the art and the life you make. Until next time.